0: Are you headed east? The woman stood a respectful distance from her. Frankie finished washing her hands and looked up into the mirror. The woman behind her was easily 60. Although her face was carefully made up and her ash blonde hair was cut in a short bob that framed her face nicely, it was the look of someone hanging on at the edge of something, something she didn't want to know. The woman was rigidly thin and smartly dressed. The Columbia sportswear jacket, linen trousers with a deep crease, fashionable pumps, all in a rich shade of camel, all shouted money. Women who looked like this made Frankie feel frumpy with her loose clothing and extra pounds. And tonight she definitely dressed for comfort, soft black cotton slacks and a tunic of red and black. Her own dark hair needed brushing. She'd washed it before she set out and let it dry on its own. The side with all the wave was a tangle. I said, are you headed east? The woman's eyes looked right at Frankie, but they were too dark to read in the mirror. Frankie turned toward her, her hands dripping. She didn't want to say yes or no. She didn't want the woman to know she was traveling alone, and she didn't want company. She needed solitude and space, to think about what was waiting for her in Kellogg. I'm not asking for a ride, the woman said. I've got my own car. She held up a computerized key as proof, the kind of key to something big and expensive. Frankie's jaw and shoulders loosened their grip a little, and she nodded to the woman. Yes, I'm headed east. Montana? Idaho, actually. Could we talk a minute? Frankie felt a surge of irritation. She'd been on the road for nearly two hours, and she was already weary. She'd stopped at the rest area outside the Dalles, hoping there'd be a coffee stand, but the welcome station was closed. It was 8.30, and the end of August dark was coming on. But she didn't want to be rude, and what difference would a few minutes make anyway? She could be kind to this woman. Maybe it would soften her heart toward Lola. The woman followed Frankie out of the restroom and they stood next to the big map display. She took a small flask out of her coach bag and took a swig. The fumes reached Frankie, and a familiar irritation flashed through her. She pushed it down. A minute passed, maybe more, and the woman said nothing, just fidgeted with her handbag. Finally, Frankie said, What is it, ma'am? There was no response. Frankie turned away to leave, and the woman gripped her arm, then pulled her hand back. "'Please,' she said. "'Please.' Frankie turned back toward her. "'I'm not a bad person,' said the woman. "'I just can't do it.' She didn't look at Frankie as she said this. Instead, she looked at her hands, hands of loose skin and summers in the sun that were much older than her face. "'I just can't do it.' "'I don't know what you're talking about. "'I don't know how—' Frankie sighed. "'How can I help you?' "'Thank you, dear,' the woman said.' and she touched Frankie's arm again. Then she reached into her bag and took out a blue velvet pouch and a manila envelope and handed them to Frankie. Wait here, and thanks. She paused and looked as if she were going to say something more, but she didn't. Instead, she stepped off the curb and hurried across the wide parking lot to a late-model Volvo, the only other car in sight. Frankie looked down at what the woman had handed her. The pouch was full, a bit heavy. It felt stuffed with paper and in the bottom something hard, round and hard. The thin manila envelope was blank on both sides and sealed with clear tape. She pushed her curiosity aside and looked across the pavement. The car was a nondescript color, beige or tan, and fading even more into the gathering gloom.